This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the SteelerNation.com podcast, sponsored by Stony Brewing, the official beer of old friends. Enjoy our discussion and crack a Stoney's. Pure, honest beer. I'm your host, G. Stryker, and today we have the pleasure of having one of my oldest and dearest friends, my sister from another mister, Merle Rogers. Boudoir, how the hell are you doing this evening? Good, Boudoir. How are you, babe? <laughs> doing great. Just so you uh, Steeler Nation people know, Boudoir is a term of endearment that we just made up for each other back in high school. We've still carried it on these many decades later, and it's just a fun thing to say. So free, feel free to use it amongst yourselves. <laughs> So, my mother even still calls him boudoir so it's fine <laughs> that is, and i still call her mom because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh back in the day i mean i used to come over to your house every morning we lived on the border of uh walking riding distance to school so we were technically walkers so if i was relying on my family i would walk so i'd go over to merle's family and adopted them for my morning family and uh, they were nice enough to drive, feed me, A, number one, feed me, and then B, drive me to school. So uh, drive us both Bagels, bologna, and yep. mustard with a, <laughs> sl- a thin slice of onion. Just a thin bit. <laughs> but Just it was, a thin slice. But it was delicious. It was wonderful. And I, I, I couldn't be happier to spend time with, with, much, with better people. I mean, meeting your mom and Doc was an amazing way to spend the morning because my family life wasn't as fun. But, you know, we had a great time with each other over there. So that was great. Yeah, so, but uh, starting off, at least back then, I know, well, I was, I was always, I was born and raised a Steeler fan, and, and um, Merle, when she was first growing up, you weren't exactly a Steeler fan, you started off liking a different team, and, and uh, personally, first tell us all what team you liked and how you got into them in the first place. Okay, well, I grew up in Baltimore, mm-hmm. so I was back, back when they didn't have a the team. Colts. Oh, oh no, you're right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I didn't oh no, out. no, I was I was born in Baltimore, yes. so I was witness to the Mayflower trucks. Wow, trucking them out of uh, Baltimore. Wow, that's so great. football was dead to Baltimore for a lot of years. Yeah, and basically, uh, I had a choice between the closest teams were the Redskins. Yeah. Which, as a Baltimore fan, you couldn't like. Yeah, it seemed like and it was the Eagles. The... Yeah. Again, as a Baltimore team, you couldn't like. Yeah. So I went to the next division, and for some reason, I picked Cincinnati. Oh, goodness. <laughs> what, was it because of their colors, their team, or their play? or what? Honestly, I think... Honestly, I was a child, and mm. the Icky Shuffle was really popular. It was cool, and I, I can't lie. I did do the Icky Shuffle many a time in, uh, in gym class. Yeah, that, that, that was basically my reasoning. That was, that was cool back then. <laughs> so then we, you started on, of course, being a, a, um, 
a Cincinnati fan, and at the time, I guess when I when I moved in, fast forward a couple years later, I guess, and um, I was a huge Steeler fan, and and Bubby Brister was the toast of Pittsburgh at the time, and back then, Boomer Esiason was, <laughs> was the toast Boomer of Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd have these epic debates over the the names of Bubber Bubby versus Boomer, and which name was better because of the negative connotations toward the other team. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I'm sorry, but back then, all I knew from Bubby was my grandmother was Bubby. <laughs> so you know, I was like, how can you root for a team whose name is a grandmother? <laughs> Named the yeah, quarterback's a grandmother. Yeah, I know. And I'd be like, well, how can you name for a team whose uh, name's a guy after taking a number two? <laughs> Good old boom. Oh, go on, boom, booms. No boomer Go out boom there. <laughs> so we'd have many a laugh out of that <laughs> in, our, in our early days for a football. But then I, I remember going off to college. You and I both like went our separate ways for college wise. And then when we touched base, uh, you know, about a decade later, um, turns out you were a Steeler fan. So I am. Yeah. And that was basically all your fault. Hey! And you know what? It's. <laughs> I haven't I and I even own God help me I even own a Bubby Brister jersey. Yes. Is it my old Bubby Brister jersey? No, I actually got it off of eBay. Oh, that's even better. But I am I bought I saw it and I said, "My god, Striker would love this." And I bought yes, it. Yes, I would. So you have an official jersey. I have that always will remind you of a your, Bobby Jersey of your grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. <laughs> that is great. So what year did, did you, so you said it's all because of me. So what did I do specifically that got you into the Steelers? Uh, basically you were the only one around me that had enthusiasm for an actual team. Yeah. Everybody else was generally, fans of football like my dad was a fan of football but mm -hmm. he didn't root for a team yeah. because we didn't have a team mm -hmm. and i saw how much fun it was to root for a team and yeah. i went that <laughs> looks like fun all right yeah. and many years later i ended up moving to pennsylvania and that sealed the deal that's great <laughs> that is great yeah, I know. I know how people usually uh, describe watching a game with me as, as you know, I'm completely reserved and uh, usually don't talk at all during a game. So, uh, so they have a tough time knowing what's going on. Oh yeah, you you <laughs> you can't. You never know what's going on. You don't know the score. You don't know <laughs> what play was just run. Oh God, it's horrible. It's like watching with mute. <laughs> yeah, all I do is scream the entire time. <laughs> Basically. I'm, I'm surprised I still have friends, but I, for some reason, a lot of people that hung out with me, you know, through their younger years and you know, a couple of my friends too in early adulthood became Steeler fans because of my passion for the Steelers. And it's just that I, I just don't know how to watch a Steeler game without getting emotionally invested and emotionally invested to the point <laughs> of blood, sweat and tears. And that is all three have happened during a Steeler game, sometimes during a single Steeler game. But uh, <laughs> hopefully I don't have to punch a wall or anything anymore. I don't think I've done that for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watch games. I get excited about games. Mm -hmm. I will yell at the TV once in a while, but there are very few people that I have met that have your level of 
enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so crazy that I still do this stuff for free. I still write for the Steelers now, run a fun podcast, and uh, you know, I just I just have a blast with it. And Steeler Nation is doing a great job with uh, getting the, a good group of writers in there too, and, and, and a lot of good knowledgeable football writers and and and, um, and podcasters as well that we can join and, and talk and and just talk great Steeler information because I'm learning as much as I'm able to write as well. So it's it's super super nice to be able to do this transition into this as my like my part-time thing but it's still a lot of fun for me to do yeah I, I i love reading your stuff i love that you know you're as involved as you are because that you are basically the person i would go to if i said all right i got a question about something <laughs> technical with some kind of you know either whether it comes to plays management style, you know, whatever, you'll basically know it, or you'll find out who to ask. Yeah, in which you've texted me before in the past, and I'm like, yeah, it's this. (laughs) Yeah. So that always works. Yeah, so I know the one. You're my football Google. Yay! (laughs) That's what the G stands for in G-Striker. It's Google. (laughs) Yeah. Sponsored by Google. But uh, so one of my articles that I wrote this week that I at least wanted to touch base on was – uh, the new wide receivers and how I see the depth chart look like going into camp. Because uh, as we all know as Steeler fans, no more Antonio Brown. Oh, shucks. I know, right? <laughs> oh, well, oh it, can, I, can I put more emotion into that? Oh, shucks. <laughs> well, it hurts me in a, like, we're missing a, you know, Jerry Rice caliber type receiver kind of way. But in the far as the being a good teammate and a good human being, Obviously, I'm on side. I'm siding with your all shut. <laughs> so you weren't a fan with him down the stretch either. You know what? There are some people who get into the league, mm. who you know work very hard to do good for their community. They uh, really become a part of the city. They become entrenched in the city, mm. and then there are those who you look at and go. I wonder how much they're paying him for that. Yeah. And he was option B. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you on that. So well, I thought it was amazing. The first, I think it was the first big interview that they went to do in Oakland, full press, waiting for Antonio Brown to be there. They're there. 20 minutes pass. 30 minutes passed. He's still not there. One guy gets on his phone. Oh, checks Instagram. Oh, he's getting his hair done. <laughs> and that's a, yeah. you know, Oakland. Hey, w- welcome to the Antonio Brown show. And it will be quite a show this year if you guys aren't winning or at least throwing him the ball every single play because the guy knows how to throw yeah. a fit. He knows how to throw a Gatorade <laughs> tub across the field when somebody doesn't notice him break a route upfield. And, um, you know, I don't think the, the quarterback is the caliber that Ben Roethlisberger is out there. So good luck to you. Yeah, I have a, a, a lot of friends who are Raiders fans. Yeah. Uh, and I, when the trade was announced, I basically messaged them and said, have fun with that. Mm. You guys are going to have a heck of a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. So, but at least looking at the roster, I, I think they did a really good job of picking up talent um, after he left because you got to fill a big hole with you know one of the best receivers over the years last you know eight years i mean he's been a dominant receiver in the league 
Um, but they, they seem to go around. They, they picked from three different places, and I think they got good talent. They went to the CFL. They got a guy named uh, Deontay uh, Spencer, and he's been killing it in the CFL last three years. He looks like he can, he can run the full root tree. Um, the only difference between the CFL and the NFL is you can run toward the line of scrimmage before the ball is hiked. So I'm not sure how he handles the press yet. I'm not sure how his blocking is downfield, but at least watching him run his root trees, watching his feet to create space, watching him go up and get the ball and attack the ball at the high point and use his hands well. I think he's a this guy's going to make a lot of noise in training camp. Uh, obviously, they, they drafted the other Deontay and Deontay Johnson, who looks like a miniature, less polished version of an Antonio Brown coming out of college. I mean, their their tape is very similar. Um, he's, a, he's actually, he and Spencer are both return guys as well. And, um, so, you know, they're picking up these receivers that are very diverse that can run the root tree. Whereas Deontay Johnson is really good at getting off the line of scrimmage. Um, and then the third guy that they picked up that was kind of out of nowhere was a guy named, uh, Johnny Holton, who's off of the Oakland Raiders. And so Steelers and Oakland Raiders have been trading receivers back and forth over the last couple years now. Uh, but they picked up Holton as a free agent, and he is essentially a, uh, a Z receiver or a, a deep threat guy like uh, James Washington is, and he had some success there in Oakland getting some deep balls and getting some touchdowns. Um, so they've got, they at least brought in some decent talent in here to start competing. Uh, James Washington's got another year under his belt. Um, they're bringing back Tevin Jones and, and Trey Griffey also at the Z spot who were in training camp last year and made the practice squad and hung out on practice squad all year. Um, also have uh, Ryan Switzer and Eli Rogers returning to fight it out for the slot spot. Nobody even has to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. He is the lock of the team. He is the leader in the in the locker room now for the wide receivers, and he's our current Pro Bowler also as well. So, um, and, but the but the last person that they picked up also was Dante Moncrief. And man, is that a diamond in the rough? Have you heard much about Dante Moncrief, Merle? I have not. Okay, well, we picked him up directly from the Jacksonville Jaguars where he spent a year there where previously he was drafted and spent his early career at in Indianapolis. And I think he's only accrued four or five seasons. Uh, he had two really good seasons with Luck before Luck got hurt and started the, the downward slide, and then he got traded to Jacksonville. And, and my gosh, they can't complete a pass in Jacksonville. I have no idea what they're doing a quarterback down there, but <laughs> but at least getting him up in Pittsburgh and um and you you watch him on I've watched his film and his hands are excellent. Uh, he runs the full root tree. He lines up anywhere on the line. He can play all three positions at the slot or either outside position. Um, and he looks to be an absolute steal. And as far as for you know. Um, scouting for within the league I think the Steelers hit a home run with uh Dante Moncrief and I think a, a lot of Steeler fans are going to be happy that he's on the team once he starts uh hitting the field here in the regular season so so it was crazy and I think you know obviously we lost Antonio Brown the other receiver that we lost was Darius Hayward Bay um so they, he was a free agent they decided not to pick him up same thing with uh Justin Hunter who was a free agent they decided not to pick him up as well he's he finished the season on injured reserve so um, usually, like, when I'm doing these depth charts, Merle, I usually line up. You, the Steelers, over the past couple of years, have kept six receivers, two X receivers, two Y receivers, which are slot receivers, and two Z receivers, which are deep receivers. This year, I don't see it that way. I think, I think entering into camp, I think they're going to probably keep three slot receivers, two X receivers, and one Z receiver. 
And the reason why is just for what I have at the at, at the moment is just viewing the the roster and the receivers and how they know the playbook. So for the X receivers, you've got Dante Moncrief that they just brought in and Dante uh, Johnson or Deontay Johnson that they just drafted. Those guys are you know locked into playing the X position. I think will be excellent at playing the X position. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster is our big slot, and I think he's a, a, a game changer playing the slot and I don't think the Steelers should take him out of there really because he's just such a positional mismatch since the league usually puts a smaller corner on a slot receiver and he's got everybody out height by five inches uh, coming off these small slot corners so that's going to be fun to see that I also think they're also going to keep both Ryan Switzer and Eli Rogers at this point both of them know how to play both of them can return the football both are you know they're both pretty much locked into slot receivers but it's good to have a lot of slot receivers, especially if you're going four wide receiver and five wide receiver sets. And then the only Z receiver I see them keeping right now is James Washington since they drafted him the previous year. And, you know, he's they're invested in him. He knows the playbook. He's a willing blocker, though he didn't have a lot of production last season. But I, I'm more interested to see hopefully what he can do on the field, you know, coming up here for the for training camp. I'm actually – I'm really excited that they're going young and oh, really yeah. going after uh, – you almost want to say no names. Mm-hmm. They they're not getting they're they're over the people with baggage. They're over the mm-hmm. people who are mid career looking to make a change. Yeah. They want to start fresh. They want to train them in their way. They want to not have to untrain them yeah. in another way. I mean, you've got you know you you take somebody from the Giants mm-hmm. and put them you know. In Green Bay, mm. it's a completely different mindset that you. It takes way too much time to untrain them and train them. I mean, these guys are professionals, but they still lapse. You know, obviously into well, he you know is still thinking that he's got you know Eli Rogers behind or the or uh, Eli Manning behind the ball, and you know instead, nope, Rogers doesn't throw like that. You know that kind of thing. So. Yeah. I'm yep. glad they're going young. I'm glad they're uh, starting f- with fresh minds and really trying to build everything from scratch yeah. because trying to undo stuff is way too much trouble. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Merle. You really did because that's a, a, a big point. I, I think the oldest receiver on the roster right now is Dante Moncrief, and he's been in the league for five years which still isn't yeah. that long. And I mean, nope. so everybody else is less than five years in the league, even less than five years in football. Even with Spencer, I think he only had three or four years in the CFL. Um, so, you know, obviously Juju is the veteran for our team <laughs> being his, uh, his second season. It's, uh, but though, actually technically I think Eli Rogers has been on the team longer. He's been on the team for three years since 2016. Yeah. Yep. So he had next year, but I forgot because you've, you've got all these young yeah. players that are going to. I mean, every team wants to say that you know we want to keep these guys, you know, until retirement. And there are a lot of Steelers players who play for them for you know their entire careers, minus yeah. you know three or four years or you know five years or whatever, and they're really hoping to keep the family together kind of thing. And that's, yeah. that's the way they've always done their rosters. Mm. And yep. I think getting the 
let's call it negative energy out of the room yeah. will go a lot farther in promoting that atmosphere again. Yeah. No, you've, you got it there. So I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited to see how these young, the younger players are going to be doing in, in training camp because it's going to be a completely different dynamic. There isn't the, the one diva that's going to ride in on a helicopter or ride in in a uh, customized Rolls Royce. I mean, it's just going to be five guys rolling into camp, ready to hit the ground running, ready to work hard. So that's going to be. Juju going to take his bike. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Don't steal his bike. He's going to roll up 200 yards if you steal his bike. (laughs) I thought I I was howling. Somebody (laughs) stole his bike. I was like. You are an NFL player. You can get another bike. And he's like, no, but that's my bike. Oh, and I'm geez. like, you know what? I'm with you, man. That's my bike. <laughs> Hashtag, that's my bike. <laughs> you know, I, I always had a fan fiction in mind that the person that stole Juju Smith's Schuster's bike would have been Martavis Bryant. Um, back then, having that whole... As soon as uh, they drafted Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Martavis Bryant sent out that sly tweet to, uh, oh, gosh, what was the guy's name? He was our other Z receiver at the time. Oh, goodness. It's going to kill me on this one. Now It'll it'll come to me. But um, told him, like, hey, you got to look out. This guy's coming for your position. <laughs> it like, look, look, looks like you got to do something about uh, about trying to make the team this year. <laughs> and uh, they traded him to the to the Browns, I remember, right before the season started. Um, but then, you know, funniest thing happened was <laughs> Juju ended up taking Martavis Bryant's position too. <laughs> so they're like, we yeah. don't, we don't need you either. And then he had his issues with, uh, you know, substances and that too. So it's, it's unfortunate for that, but man, <laughs> it would be a fun fan fiction to have Martavis Bryant stealing his bike as some just desserts to him, uh, trying to get, <laughs> get Juju Smith Schuster off of his game so he can get back on the roster. <laughs> Completely and makes even no if even, the the best thing is it didn't affect anything other than man somebody stole my bike now I got to actually like drive to the yeah. you know it's like <laughs> come on man oh and I don't know do you follow him on on Twitter at all I have a I have a I have a Twitter handle but I don't yeah. use it I got you yeah because I he... use it I use it to yell at Hulu's customer support and tell them to bring back the. Uh, classic Q instead of their watch list. <laughs> nice. That's literally all I use Twitter for. <laughs> Strictly to roll uh, brands for screwing you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's, awesome. that's all Twitter is good for at this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for going scorched earth, you're the you're the bitter old lady on Twitter. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't cross you online. I will not. I will not. <laughs> so um i'll light you up on the tweeters but but at least on on the tweeters um you know juju is the complete opposite of antonio brown and <clears throat> antonio brown is, is more of a self-promoter whereas um oh god yeah juju smith schuster is more of a you know an open uh all-encompassing uh you know gregarious tweeter who's you know, tweets up, hey, let's meet over here and play kickball. And he brings pizza and food and, and drinks and stuff. And they have a, it, you go, you go to your dodgeball or whatever, just show up in a field and, and hang out or like do this and that. But it, that's like, it's a completely different style from what we were used to the last couple of years. It's a breath of fresh air. 
and it's what Steeler fans that need. Is adorable. Yeah, coming off of <laughs> coming off of the whole Bell and Brown stuff with the Killer Bees, um, which now are buy buy buy. So I'm much happier about yeah. those that type of bee for those bees. But um, but yeah, they, so uh, so you know, switching gears a little bit. Um, the other thing, you know, you, you know, I'm a super stat geek and and stuff too for this stuff. I actually run a spreadsheet on the Steelers every year and I track injuries, every single injury that happens and how long they're out for. And, and, you know, to, uh, same thing for, uh, who's inactive on game day, rosters moving, who gets fines and stuff like that. So I did my annual, you know, this is the state of the team and, and how the injuries affected the Steelers last year. And one cool thing about the injuries last year, I mean, we had total more total missed games. It was like 204 total missed games, last season but the problem was i think steelers put like five or six people on injured reserve before the season even started and um you know on uh, out of those five or six um only one of them was significant and that was hawkins the backup right tackle who at the time was you know looked to be the number two right tackle uh before they they drafted chooks and and before feeler stepped up too who actually got a lot of starts last year since uh, gilbert was hurt um so uh so yeah so it was um so a lot of the people were for those IR being out were were strictly that it was because there were players that were drafted or, or that they're trying to keep around just so you could see hey maybe they'll make it back to training camp next year and a cu- couple of the guys they have back but some of the guys they didn't and then Eli Rogers also started on the pup so he spent the first you know 12 weeks of the season also not even being active um so so that's a lot of games right there but when it comes down to actual games missed during the season, the Steelers hit a record. They were at 38 the previous year. They're down to 31 games missed. And out of those 31 games missed, only was it 21 games were missed by start by by not by not starters, right? Is that what I have? Yeah, 21 games were missed by uh, by starters. So that's you know pretty insane. That's that's you know it's a, it's a good a good run at least for for that season. Um, you know, for not being hurt and for, you know, doing much better than they have been in the past. So <laughs> what's uh, what's Shazier's uh, designation right now? Shazier is on the team. He is signed to a league minimum contract and he is on the pup. So his official designated uh, designation is physically unable to participate. Uh, so that still okay. means so he's he's not IR'd. I don't think he's IR'd yet, and I think they might have to wait till the season starts before they IR him, um, if that's the mm-hmm. case. But I, either way, you know they're they're just ensuring that he's on the roster. Um, he's obviously roster, but since he's on the pop, or if he's on the pop or he's on IR, he is. Um, his designation means that he doesn't count against the rostered players on the team. So Steelers can still use that slot for someone that's going to play. Obviously, the league knows the Steelers aren't tampering. Shazier's not going to play this year. That's a, that's a fact. So, no. But the benefit of the Steelers doing that is like, hey, we, we are, you're doing really well with our team doctors, with UPMC being right down the road, and he's getting the best treatment on the planet for essentially, you know, for you know pennies on NFL terms. And the Steelers get a chance, too, to let him – you know, try to live his dream, and his dream is to come back and play football, and not just play football, but to play it at a high level. His, his, you know, he's always been a high goal kind of guy, and his goal is still to make to make the Hall of Fame. And uh, I tell you one thing, I he, honestly, <laughs> I honestly think he he might be back. I would say, 
mid next year. I, I I could honestly see him coming back next year. I could. Not not this year. No. They'll you know they'll have him you know out and mm-hmm. maybe you know on, I mean you know he'll always be on the sidelines, but he'll be suited up. I think next year they're yeah. gonna. I think you're gonna see them start to run some soft plays with him and you know kind of keep him on the fringe but still get him in just to get him used to it again yeah yeah I'm just I would be psyched and and nothing would make me prouder for him than to see him you know back out on the field competing if that's something that he really wants to do because a lot of people are still like oh I don't know I don't know you know he he busted his back he he can do it again and I was the same way honestly that's exactly the same way I felt when I first heard he, he hurt himself uh, until I, I heard about the type of surgery that he got. He ended up getting um, spinal stabilization surgery. Uh, it's not a fusion. If it's a fusion, hell no. There's no way he's playing football ever again. No. Uh, but with no. spinal stabilization surgery, what it is is they put a mesh around the um, vertebrae and tighten it. Uh, so it gives more support to your back muscle, to, to, your, uh, to your spine, with, while still keeping the flexibility. And doing it that way, you know, it, it ensures that actually it means that his back is going to be stronger than it was before he got injured. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, obviously it was, a, it was a freak play the way it happened in the first place. And it could happen again. It could happen to any player on the field. But, you know, it, it, if he does it again, it wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried as worried about him over any other player about re-injuring his back. Um, other than the yeah. style of play. I mean, he was a head down hitter. He does need to bring his head up when it to, to when he comes back to football, because that is important to make sure he's he's healthy and he he, he keeps himself safe and the, the people that he's hitting safe. So yeah, yeah. And now you get a penalty for you know breathing on somebody. Yeah, wrong, I know, right? So. <laughs> Putting the head down is like a big no no now. Yeah, so was... dear Lord, he touched the quarterback. That's a flag. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yep, long gone are the days where he could just like wreck a Cincinnati Bengal running back in the playoffs and force him to fumble and run it back for a touchdown for the for the referees to blow dead because they didn't realize that he just made an amazing play and did not get that get touchdown. But uh <laughs> you know, the guy was just that was the thing that I really miss about Shazier is is like watching him, I was excited to watch him on the field because I knew he was gonna make a play every game that was gonna be a factor in what whether it was a big hit, whether it was an interception whether it was a, a def- pass defended, whether it was a forced fumble or a sack. The guy was just, he was making plays all over the field. And the entire defense used to just feed off of that and, and be able to be a little bit looser because teams had to key on Shazier in the past. And Steelers used to be able to you know, pick up more turnovers at the time because if you're keying on one guy, other people are going to be able to make plays. Uh, last year, we didn't have that guy to key on. You know, everybody was kind of having their ways with our deficiencies in the middle and our slowness in the middle. But this year, I think having Devin Bush is going to be some shades, and even Barron too, um, going to be some shades of Shazier. Essentially, having that speed, that that speed in the middle of the field again, to be able to cover that ground, to be able to cover those tight ends out of the backfield and the running backs out of the backfield, it's really going to create a a new. Not a new dynamic, but a, a throwback to what Jay Zier was in there, and, and and I'm expecting you know the defense to start getting a lot more turnovers then because of it. Yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see um, this uh, the 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 new lines that they're putting out because quite honestly, 
I mean, do you remember? Okay, this is very Pennsylvania centric. <laughs> gotcha. You remember when? You, you remember when Penn State uh, had uh, uh, you know Joe Pa running the the offense? Yeah. It was run up the middle on first down. Mm-hmm. Run up the middle on out. Some- Oh. Right, oh. out right on uh, second down, mm-hmm. uh, long pass on third down, and if they if it was shorter than three yards, run up the middle on fourth down. <laughs> you knew exactly what he was gonna do mm-hmm. every single play. Yeah, and it it, it gets it it. You don't want to get to a point where you can you can call the plays better or as much as anybody else on the field. It's like, yeah. you know, watching the game with your eyes closed. Oh, I don't know how they're lined up, but I know this is going to be a run play. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I know and I'm an idiot, mm-hmm. well, guess what? They know. <laughs> they should, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so are you are you equating that essentially to other offenses knew that they I'm, could do that I'm, against I'm, the Steelers' defense last year? Basically, they <laughs> they much. knew exactly what we were going to do because yeah. it's the same thing that we always did. Yeah, because we just forgot how to get, I guess, fresh blood or fresh plays mm-hmm. yeah. or fresh ideas. Yeah. It yeah. got, you get stuck in a rut. Yeah. At least on defense, I know it ended up being personnel. Like they, they wanted to do things like have a tight end cover a wide receiver and having a tight end cover a athletic tight. I'm sorry, having a, um, a linebacker cover a wide receiver and having a linebacker cover an athletic tight end. And it, it, it just didn't work last year because of the personnel. We didn't have anybody that could run from the middle of the field. No. Uh, we had, you know, no. money, money backers and strong safeties, but we really weren't utilizing the safeties in that respect sometimes but other times you know offensive coordinators try to do what they can to to make motions and and get people caught in in mismatches and matchups that are beneficial to their teams too but it it was just so easy to do it against the Steelers last year because they a they they wouldn't really switch up the defense because they really didn't have the personnel to do so and then once they had those guys on the field you're kind of sink or swim you're just you're just hoping they make a play or hoping the other team screws up late in the game so you can hang yeah. on to a win and um you know it's the oh that guy's lined up over there that guy's lined up that that oh yeah i know what they're doing okay well let's do this yeah well it, like i said if i can call it and i'm an idiot yep. the other team certainly knows what's going on yeah <laughs> yep. that is true and we didn't have the personnel to switch it up we didn't have you know the 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 skill sets that we needed in mm. order to to switch it up. So there was literally nothing we could do. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. And uh, Merle, you do know what what's happened on Thursday, right? Actually, te- what's on Thursday? Well, technically tomorrow, but uh, but yeah, tomorrow. No, 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 it's Thursday. So Thursday is when Steelers uh, players report to training camp. And oh, okay. It's training camp Good time. It's training camp already. The season starting. Good God. <laughs> yeah, first practice is Friday, but they well, report on Thursday. Yeah. Hey, the only thing I know is that it's my niece's birthday today. It's her fifth birthday, Aww. so that means it's a hundred day to it's a hundred days till Christmas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's great. 
Her mother was so excited that she was born 100 days to Christmas. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. But, you know, it's one of those that that that's about, oh, my God, we are. Good Lord, it's yeah. the end of July. Right, right. Oh, I know. God. Summer's almost over. <laughs> God. Yeah. And, but uh, I, at least I love watching golf. I love watching golf on television. They're yeah. getting to some really great, you know, tournaments. But for the love of God. Bring back football, please. <laughs> Some hitting, please. <laughs> I, I I miss, you know, I miss my college game day on yeah. Saturday mornings. Yep. Yep. I miss, you know, my Penn State football. Yep. I miss my Steelers football mm-hmm. that because I live in in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Yep. I have to pi- go on the pirated stations because God oh, yeah. forbid I should be able to watch my home team play its own that's an absolute travesty. Actually, it, it, it's yeah, it's the worst thing that I can think of. Involved, Harrisburg it, is a secondary market for, for the, the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens. Yep. So we'll show a Ravens game before we'll show an in-state game. Yep. And the capital that of Pennsylvania, the they're I've going to show a team from another state instead of one of the two teams Not from just their a- State. Not just a team from another state, our largest right. rival. Yeah, but what what happens there? You know, I, I think it's an absolute travesty. I, I think it's horrid because when I used to, it when, is when, shenanigans. When I first grew up, uh, being a Steeler fans, I was in the as grew up as a Steeler fan. I was in the Hershey area, and at the time, Harrisburg was running all the Steeler games, so I was able to pull you know every single Steeler game off the antenna easy, and they also run all the Eagles b- games. The Ravens didn't exist at exactly. that point. Exactly, you're right. Yep, and that's what happened. And and even it, it took them a while. It took the Ravens a while to squeeze up into that market. And the reason why is because the Ravens, if you think about them geographic, geographically where they live, they have they nowhere are technically to go. Closer they are technically closer to Harrisburg than Pittsburgh is. Well, they definitely are. They definitely are. They're yeah. an hour and a half to Harrisburg, but whereas Pittsburgh is three. And the same thing the other. Well, the Philly's the is, state, is about the same, too. About two to an hour and a half to two to Philly. It's the state flipping capital. It is. Of, I mean, you've got, okay, all right. Don't ever, t- if if anybody ever repeats this to me, I will <laughs> deny it to my dying breath. <laughs> In Pennsylvania, we have two world-class teams. Yeah. And sometimes you can't watch either one of them. Yeah. Yep. In the Harrisburg area. Truth. Yeah. Truth. You can watch you can watch all the, you know, the Ravens games you want mm-hmm. or for some reason even even the Redskins games will come in before the Steelers game. Wow. That I don't understand at all. Yeah. Yeah. And the Redskins, like that, the Redskins are the biggest reason why the Ravens had to move north for a secondary market, because um, they they have because always the Redskins fans are ferocious, but they hate their team more than anyone else. <laughs> I know they're most ferocious against their own ownership, but that's been always the way. They the Redskins have always fought hard for the NFL not to get an expansion team. To Baltimore, they stymied their ability to get the expansion teams back the year when uh, they awarded them to Carolina and Jacksonville, which Jacksonville should have never gotten a team. Um, but no. you know, but that's neither here nor there because they still can't fill a damn stadium. They have to tarp half of it still, don't they? Or are they build pool, more pool, <laughs> swimming pools in there to fill up some space. I don't know what the hell they're doing in there. But 
either way, you're, so what happened is they're like, we've already got the South. Like, all of their marketing dollars are essentially from D.C. South. So, you know, they can't split. The Ravens come in. They can't split down to uh, Virginia for a secondary market. Ravens already have it. You can't go, yeah. you know, west too far because, you know, they, which they ended up started pushing and, and getting a market share in, in Frederick, Maryland, Hagerstown. Um, but they really had to fight mm-hmm. the Redskins to get that. They really could only push to Annapolis, and they could also they were trying to push to Delaware, and Delaware said, "F you, we are Jets, uh, Eagles fans. Screw it. You keep your yeah. expansion team down there." <laughs> Delaware was not having any of it. <laughs> yeah, you, They're like, "Look, we're New we're New Jersey <laughs> South. Yeah. Leave us alone. <laughs> we're, we're New Jersey, but we don't have sales tax." <laughs> yeah. We're we're improved New Jersey. <laughs> you don't have to pay everywhere you leave from our state. <laughs> Unlike the state of New Jersey. <laughs> it seems like every bridge you leave you have to pay to get out of the state. And I tell you that's smart marketing for New Jersey because heck, people don't want to stay there for too long. <laughs> Gotta... <laughs> I was going to say, I, I'd pay to get out of Jersey. Yeah, I, yeah you know, it's actually a deal. It's actually, it, it makes sense. Yeah, it, it, it kind of is. <laughs> yeah, they, they hit the nail on the head with that one. So so then, uh, so then not obviously, but the only place they could push to for a secondary market ended up becoming default Harrisburg. So the, yeah. thing, the thing that kills me now is going to visit friends in Hershey now and, and seeing these Baltimore horns bandwagon Baltimore ones, I should say, jumping on their, their Joe Flacco's and they're seeing, seeing their Baltimore Ravens down there. We're going to watch Baltimore Ravens today, flying their purple flags outside in Chocolate Town, and that stuff just drives me nuts. Well, <laughs> ain't, ain't, Fla- ain't, ain't Flacco not their number no, one no more? Nope. Joe Flacco had to go on out there to them, them their uh, Denver Denver Broncos. They, the Broncos. So, That's right. Yeah, so now he's he's the lead dog oh, in Denver this year. Sure. Yeah, man. <laughs> and that's that's funny because like I was one of the biggest proponents of Flacco to Ravens fans back when they're like, Flacco sucks, Flacco can't do this. I'm like, Flacco can win a Super Bowl. I saw you guys win a Super Bowl with Dilfer. <laughs> it's like Flacco is <laughs> way better than Dilfer. I'm like, he's actually a legit quarterback. And lo and behold, like that season, they ended up winning a Super Bowl. And I'm like, crap. And then they're like, hey, we love you, Joe Flacco. Take this big contract. And then he like screws them and poops all over the contract. Let's let's face it. There is no more Baltimore name than Joe Flacco. I I know. That is the biggest. There really is no more Baltimore name. I can't say it without using. We're going to go watch Joe Flacco throw the ball, hon. We're going down to downtown watch Joe Flacco. Now now we're going down the ocean. I'm gonna get him up on the phone when I call. Get some natty bow. Get gonna nat- get some crab. Crabs. Gonna and- eat the mustard, <laughs> and we're gonna have some natty bow. Oh, re- re- honey, re- you know Jeff not to Flacco. try to out Baltimore me. I, I mean, you got it. You know the name of the baseball team, for God's sakes. <laughs> I was born in Baltimore. I lived my first. But the the nickname is just the Baltimore ish. The most Baltimore ish thing you can say is just contracting the Orioles to O's. <laughs> oh. And I absolutely love do it. Do you remember, do you remember watching the Olympics? Mm-hmm. Was it the Olympics in Beijing? Mm-hmm. It might've oh, been in yeah. Beijing. <laughs> yes. 
when uh, Phelps won Phelps. all of his medals. <laughs> yes. And you had some idiot. Some He's in some the middle. More. He's getting like the seventh, you know, gold medal. And some idiot yells out, oh. During and the, during he's the... on that medal stand. Yeah. And he starts dying, dying of laughter. And for Steelers and Nation. I was like, it, you it, know what? Yeah. <laughs> that's. That that is probably the most Baltimore thing that's ever happened. It is, it is, and for Steeler Nation people that aren't in on the know of this, uh, if you go to a, a Steelers Ravens game in Pittsburgh, you'll hear it during the national anthem. Uh, more disrespectful yes. than kneeling during a national anthem, in my opinion, because you're shouting out something during the national anthem. Um, but the uh, what they do is is during the line, oh say at the end, oh say does that Star Spangled Banner yet wave? They yell, oh say does because that because it's the Baltimore Orioles, <laughs> it's the O's. Yeah, it's 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 horrid. And they it, made it their own. Hey, hey, Francis Scott Key, <laughs> it's ahead gonna and go there. That song. <laughs> He went ahead and wrote that song at Fort McHenry. And Fort McHenry <laughs> is a Baltimore institution. That it is. He, he wrote it with Baltimore O is what he did. That's why it's like an O apostrophe. That's a, that's how you it know it's a Baltimore O he's writing it there. <laughs> it was meant to be O, but the O's ain't been invented yet. So <laughs> he just started it early. <laughs> he knew it. He knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. He knows he knew how to write a chant. He knew how to get Baltimore going. He knew he knew that at some point we was going to have a baseball team and it was going to be called the Orioles or it was going to start with something else because, you know, it had to. It's Francis Scott Key. God. God help me, my entire family, they are all Ravens fans and Orioles fans. Well, you know, I, I, I don't hate the Orioles. The Orioles are like the, the lovable losers. They just are. It's like it's like watching now, the American League Pittsburgh Pirates. It's it's really it's just the, the yeah. lovable now losers, now the gorgeous now baseball. Stadium. That's that's the one. That's the one with the white ball with the with the red things, right? Yeah, that's yeah. the one with the bat, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, Con, I don't, I don't care about. It's baseball. called contact golf. I think is what it essentially is. <gasps> See that I can do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Every once in a while, there's a play at the plate. You know. <laughs> Some contact going God, on. it takes too bloody long. I know. Oh, back to the Steelers <laughs> since we got off on a great mm. tangent. But uh, yeah, training camp's Sorry. coming up. Yeah, it's cool. I don't care. So the at least like I'm not going to get into the matchups and stuff in training camp today because we just had so much fun with all this other stuff. But one thing I want to get your opinion on entering training camp. You know, it's just around the corner, and for once, it's it's been quiet, Merle. It's been too quiet. The Steelers Look. are no longer the Kardashians of the NFL. How, how does that make you feel? Can you, I was going to say, can you blame them for wanting to just have a like nice and quiet time for once? Mm -hmm. My God, what was it? Last year we're waiting for, uh, you know, what's his nuts to show up and he's in Miami partying all day. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not, we're, yep. we want something quiet. We want people to just do their jobs that they're paid to do, mm -hmm. show up, do your best earn your spots, and that's it. Yep. That's all they got to do. And for once, we may actually have a shot at that happening. Yep. <laughs> yes, we may. I know. I, I can't. It'll I, be. It, and it's, it, yeah, for me at least, I came off my hardest year ever. I was shaken to the, my core as a fan with it, how last year ended up and that team being so talented and missing out on the playoffs and, 
with all the drama going off in every single week and you just never got a break from it. And it has been nothing but like the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and that's all I hear instead of negativity toward the Steelers this season. You, you hear the flipping of papers on, on the, uh, the, the clipboard and the shuffling of pencils on paper. And you know what? That's okay. That's all I want to hear. I don't want to hear – I don't care about you know their personal lives. I don't know who's dating who. I don't know who's partying with who. I yep. don't know who's got you know whatever – I don't know. Was it Plaxico Burris that one year oh, went gosh. to the strip club with a gun in yeah. his sweatpants yeah, and well, shot his leg? Yeah. None of that. Let's well, well, fortunately, but just anything. fortunately, he was a giant at that time. He was a, he was a New York giant. I know, but I got slammed, you know but what? It still sticks out in my head because <laughs> yeah, it was a guy. It was at a strip club, and it was a Steeler, former Steeler player. Yes, yes. I just oh God, Jeez. help me. <laughs> but yeah, let's just let's have a nice, productive, you know, preseason. Mm-hmm. Let's look at our players. Let's you know these are all young kids. Let's keep them out of trouble. Yep. I don't want to hear about anybody doing anything. I don't want to hear about anybody getting a speeding ticket. Nope. <laughs> Just let them play. Mm-hmm. Keep them in. You know what? Let's make it like the Big Brother house. You put them all in the house. You keep them all. You give them food. You give them their Xbox or their PlayStation or whatever. Let them do whatever. Mm-hmm. You got a gym right there that they can work out. Just Keep them all together. Keep them safe. Wrap them in bubble wrap. I don't care. <laughs> as long as there's no injuries, I'm with you there. My gosh. Oh, God. That's the only thing <laughs> about preseason that always, like, just don't get hurt. <laughs> no no big injuries. You know, it's, yeah, no, no, oh, you know, he, you know, sprained his ACL, you know, the second week of practice. Well, there's, you know, a season. Yeah. You know, it, no, let's. Let's just keep them all safe mm-hmm. and quiet and just let them do their jobs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's not have them, you know, buying tires or, you know, whatever football players do nowadays for fun. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> I'm with you there. Hey, Merle, it's it's been a blast having you on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Boudoir. I really appreciate you joining it with me today. Of course, sweetie. We, you know, it's I. You know me. I love to talk football. I do not know the stats, but I have passion. <laughs> yes, you do for the game, and you have knowledge too. You do have some knowledge. Don't cut yourself short there. I, I, I can drop some knowledge. Yeah, you can. Not a whole lot, but you know, <laughs> knowledge and humor. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> well, great. Well, thanks again, Merle. And I just want to let. Uh, Steeler fans know, be sure to come over to SteelerNation.com for some of the best news and football forum on the internet. Uh, tweet us at SteelerNation or Instagram us at SteelerNation.com. Thanks for joining us at the SteelerNation.com podcast sponsored by Stoney's Brewing. I'm G Striker with Merle Rogers rooting along with you always. Go, Go Steelers! Steelers!